So we've got another episode of Gangro Retain. And so I'm here with Erica Villarreal. Um, and she is a customer success manager with Smart Moving Software um, in, in Dallas, Texas. And so, um, Erica, first of all, thanks for being here. Glad to see you and uh, record this episode today. I'm really excited to be here, uh, Jeff. Thank you very much for the invitation. Awesome. Um, so I, a couple of weeks back, I'd put out on, on LinkedIn, just uh, kind of looking for people who had tools and templates and things that we could share in the community. Uh, we've got a kind of got a resource library and um, I would say we haven't done a good job of over the last year promoting that. And so this is just one way we're trying to um, let people know, hey, we've got this library. It's a resource for people. You can kind of upload documents, you can share things. Um, and you were one of the first ones to reach out and, uh, and share. And so um, what we're here to talk about today is really capacity planning for CSMs. And so looking into um, one way that you could develop a model that really helps you say, you know, how many CSMs do we have today? What's the type of work that they're doing? Uh, how many customers do we have? How many customers are we adding? And really trying to bundle all that up to say, okay, where do we need to go this year? How do I start creating um, an argument, uh, so to speak, with our, our finance and, lead, and other leadership um, around the organization to say, you know, what's the right headcount? How do we start planning for this? How do we kind of get ahead? So um, Erica, maybe just share a little bit about, you know, what was the challenge that you were looking to solve when you kind of went to create this uh, in the first place? Okay, yes, sure, Jeff. Uh, well, first of all, let me start by telling you that um, I joined Smart Moving Software about three, four months ago now. And um, since it's a really small company, we're an eight people company right now, three of us are CSMs. And uh, the reason I got into creating this uh, capacity planning template is because we are kind of like in a mix of customer success and customer support. So currently our role does both. We, we, uh, we have some of our time dedicated for intercom chats and the other time dedicated for CSMs. So the reason I built this is that I thought uh, with all of the activities, you know, customer success manager ha handle lots of things, including journeys, onboarding journeys, calls, training calls. And plus to that, we had uh, support chats that we had to, to, to take uh, care of. So my, I, I had kind of like a, been thinking that my, my day was looking pretty full and I needed a way to show this to my manager and uh, tell him, hey, look, this is what, what I'm doing currently. These are the activities that I am responsible for. This is the time that it's taking me to complete these activities and brought that to my manager for, for him to understand why I was not able to complete certain activities during my day. So that was kind of the, the reason I built this capacity planning and um, capacity planning report, which uh, outlines all of the activities that I do during a day and a week. Awesome. Yeah, that's the, um, I love that. First of all, I love how you, um, you were going to, you know, do this to help uh, think about the, the business, right? You're really trying mm -hmm. to help solve for not just yourself, but hey, do we have the right capacity for if, if we have all these things that we're looking to do in our department, you know, uh, is that really realistic? And, you know, should we start thinking about, because it sounds like the type of business you're in right now, like you mentioned, you've kind of got onboarding, you have support, and then you've probably got real, you know, customer success duties on top of that as well. Um, and I know from all the work that we've been doing over the years, right, uh, you really start to see how specialization starts to happen as you scale as an organization. And so it seems like you're you're kind of on that precipice where it's like, you know, when do we start getting some uh, kind of personalized and specific um, job functions like, you know, carving off an onboarding team, maybe to take that or carving off support to do that and then customer success to do the, the last part. So um, I love that. So it sounds like you're in that kind of growth stage, though, is that 
would that, that be accurate just kind of where the company is you're you're kind of in that growing and scaling stage yes that is correct uh, currently uh we are handling some around uh we we, we handle small business um uh, small business type of companies and the thing here is we're looking to scale in the next one or two years and part of scaling means optimizing processes and and building for that scale and while we are trying to build our onboarding journey, trying to get it, the customer experience starts to flow, we are going to be dedicating more time on that. And my my message to my uh, to my manager was like, hey, uh, at what point do you think we, we should split customer support from customer success so we're able to really focus on making the experience of the customer better? Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Keeping the customer at the, the forefront, right? Of course. A little bit about kind of what you built. So it seems like maybe on the input, kind of on the, you know, what, are we, what kind of data are we, are we putting in here? It seems like um, there's a couple of key things around our customers. And so um, you're really trying to understand kind of what customers you have today uh, and then what customers you're are actually being added because you're, you're handling onboarding responsibilities as well. Um, and so are you, at least for customers that you have today, that seems like an easy, easy metric, right? Cause you can go pull that from your, your system of record, but in terms of customers that are be onboarding shortly, is that coming from like a kind of a sales analysis that you're looking with or working with your, your counterpart in sales with, how did you kind of think about that input and getting that into the document? That is an excellent question, Jeff. So what I did was analyze uh, the information that I had for the previous two months. So from what we're getting for new customers from the sales team, we are getting, I don't know how many, like probably three to four accounts per week. So that means that you are going to be enrolling customers, uh, three or four customers uh, into onboarding journeys that have a four week uh, lifetime during their onboarding that require one week of training calls each that will book your time um, oh it will book your next four weeks with training calls with these customers. So that, that automatically takes off time from your capacity for that day. And uh, I took that information from one side. And then from the other part, I understand that once uh, once you keep building new customers into these onboarding journeys, well, you accumulate a set of customers. So the, my analysis was understand how many of these customers can a CSM right now take given the current load that we have taking onboarding journeys and other activities besides uh, onboarding new customers. Awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I like the point you put in there too, right? Of thinking about what kind of what's the, uh, each customer is going to have kind of an, that onboarding cycle, right? So we need to take into account that they're going to only be there for four weeks before they move into maybe more of our standard support and success um, resources as well. Um, so, you know, we've kind of got the inputs of looking at some of the customers that we currently have, some new customers that we're onboarding. Um, and then it looks like you've started really to dive into, you know, what are some of the core activities that we're doing um, in each of the each of the functions that we're serving? So onboarding, support, and customer success, it looks like you kind of broke down activities that you're doing in each of those. Um, so what were some of the core ones that kind of stood out to you? Maybe as you kind of broke down, maybe that mm -hmm. stood out to say, oh, wow, I didn't realize I was spending so much time on, on this. But once I started breaking down the data, it really started to help me, you know, realize that, wow, this really does take a lot of time when you start multiplying across customers. Yeah, the first thing that I noticed from that analysis um, was actually the support part. Like um, from the chats and the number of customers that we have currently uh, in the total number of customers from the company, we get a different set of chats incoming from uh, our intercom uh, software, right? So 
I did not, I was not realized, like, I didn't realize before how much time I was spending on customer support. So this, uh, this analysis allowed me to deep dive into how many chats I'm um, handling per day, how long does it take me to actually close out a chat, how long, um, how, how much time does it take me to answer the questions for the customers and then multiply that and define, hey, I'm taking 50% of my day doing customer support. So that other 50% of my day, I have to do onboarding calls, training calls, renewal management, and all of those other activities that at the end, if I'm going to be doing both things, maybe um, there's, uh, there's a point, there's a break point where you cannot take all of that. So um, that was kind of like my first learning. And the other thing that I noticed is that since we are doing these onboarding journeys for four weeks for our customers, each week requires one hour of training with them. I also realized that other 40% or 30% of my day went on training calls. So you can imagine 40% of my day going in support and then 30% going on trainings. Where, where do I have time to do proactive work? So that was kind of like my, my, my red alert here. Hey, I need to do all of these things that will help me guide my customer to, to better adapt the product. And I do not have time to do that. How, how do I fit this in my day to day? Right. Yeah. So that was kind of like the analysis I went on through. Yeah. Um, I love that point too. Cause I think the, even just breaking down your time like this. And um, even as we're talking about this right now, right, where my mind starts going is um, just uh, qu better questions that we can be asking ourselves too about, um, you know, should we, should we, should we be thinking about doing more um, trainings maybe for customers and cohorts, right? We've got mm -hmm. maybe three exactly. to four customers joining at a time. Like, is that more, is that a better exercise or better use of our time than doing individual ones? Right. So I think um, the, the great part about doing this type of, of analysis and even just looking at some snapshots is, um, is you can start to ask yourself those, those business related questions, right? Do mm -hmm. we have capacity to scale um, or should we think be thinking about processes differently or events differently that we're holding with customers. So I love that um, so much. So you've, you've kind of got uh, this thesis, right? Which is how can we help uh, understand where, what capacity we have, um, you know, specifically between success and support, it seems like was the real big Mm -hmm. question Very that cool. you guys were trying to solve. Um, you kind of talked about building this model, right? You've got some of the inputs of customers and uh, who's coming on board. You've started mapping your activities in terms of the time it's taking you. Um, you mentioned, right, kind of having some of those nuggets of, oh, we're already understanding where we might be uh, kind of overextending time. So what's kind of the, what's been the outcome for you? Is it um, is it now that you're trying to set targets for certain, you know, events that you're holding during the week with each customer? Um, or is it now that you're starting to look and say, Hey, when do we need to hire, um, next? Like what's really kind of the, the next step do you think in, in taking this and moving it forward? And that's a really great question. So after I uh, brought this to the attention of my manager, one of the things that we were able to uh, to decide is one thing that you already mentioned, like we are doing so, so many uh, repetitive training calls with customers. So one of the things that we said, how, how do we optimize these training calls in a way that we don't have to be repeating over and over again, the same thing with different customers. So one of the things that came up was, well, why don't we start doing webinars instead? Like, hey, this is a webinar for sales or this is a webinar for dispatch or whatever. And you just join the webinar and we do mass trainings instead of doing it one by one. That's the first thing. And then the other thing is, since we are uh, right now have a really high touch uh, type of model, we require those training calls and follow up with, with, uh, with, with our customers. And that requires time to understand um, their product usage, logging into their account, getting that data, and then reaching out with those email templates that will help you drive the product adoption. What we, what I was thinking is like, hey, 
how are we able to automate this process in a way that the, these email templates come directly from the information that, or the data that we get from the product and we are able to send those without actually having to spend time uh, logging into their accounts and getting that information manually. So one of the things that I also brought to the, to the attention of my manager is that, hey, we have a really high touch model. Our customers are low contract values, ARR. If we are looking to scale, we would have to hire tons of CSMs to, to complete this and that would not be um, profitable for, for the business. So what we thought is, why don't we migrate from this high touch model into a low tech uh, touch model and instead of doing it manually um, with this, we can have a digital led product um, that allows them to, to self-train and reduce the time and effort from the CSMs to, to, to guide them through this process. Yeah. Um... I think that, I mean, again, kind of going back to what we just mentioned about, you know, asking the right questions that, I mean, love how that became kind of the forefront, right. Which is, um, you know, not only can we have human capital, but do we have the right technology involved Um, and how can we start looking at, you know, making sure that we're, we're driving more in product adoption through the use of education or training programs directly in the product. Um, That's a thing that we're, we're going through that exercise right now as well Is how can we continually drive kind of that, um, that learning, that experience, that positive interaction with our customers. And even if we Mm -hmm. put it in product, it drives it so much more because then you have them in there and uh, logging in and trying to see, you know, what's kind of, what's the next thing that they need to be doing? Um, How can we really help that and creating, um, I think the big thing too, is just creating relevance, right? Creating, I think we talk about personalization a lot and um, all these individual journeys, but you know, when you start thinking about just driving the most relevance for the customer, it really makes a difference because um, you know, then it means it's, it's specific to them in that instance, in that moment. Exactly. And, and that's exactly what we're uh, trying to look for. And, and, and another learning now that you can mention uh, about this is that one of the things that I thought was kind of like missing uh, on this process is that we had created, uh, we, we have a kind of like an academy on our, on our product where they can go and watch training videos. But what was happening is that many of the questions that customers had uh, kind of like in complex type of questions were not really explained on this video. So that's why they were reaching out to support chats and taking us ta- time from us to explain all of these that could have been explained if we had a training video that, hey, go watch that video. And if you have, still have questions, you can reach back out. So one of the other things that we did is we started making changes in our academy. So if we're missing training videos for a specific module, we are going to build those uh, videos. And and the fact is that though that's training or that academy will help us track which type of videos the customer has seen, which are missing and uh, will enable us to uh, get the right communication at the right time for them to move along on their onboarding journey or a product adoption, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Man, that's so cool. I love this. Well, Erica, this has been fun. Um, I really appreciate you, you know, sharing this with the community. We've uploaded it to our Gain, Grow, Retain uh, document library. We're going to push this into the product or the episode description for today as well. Um, but if people want to learn out, what, reach out and kind of learn from you and, and see some of the other things that you're doing, where are you active? Is it Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, other social media? Like where can people find you and, and reach out and, uh, and say hi and connect? Yes, you can reach uh, out to me on LinkedIn. I'm really active and I'm always looking forward to connecting with new people and learning from their experience and sharing mine. So uh, go connect and I'll be happy to share more. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, well, appreciate the time, Erica. We'll, uh, we'll talk again here soon. Thank you very much, Jeff. Have a great day. Thanks. 
Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.